The T20 World Cup may be done and dusted, but the white ball drama continues. It's cricket, only better. This is Cricket Only Better, episode 168. I'm Ed Hawkins, and just as you cricket punters thought you could take a breather, no, you're wrong. We're back to whip you into action like this is a Victorian workhouse. Snack, snap, crack, whoopa! Here's Sam Collins. It's like you're in a, a non-stop, relentless cricket-related fever Dream Edward Hawkins, um, featuring our listeners. Uh, unfortunately for them, yes, this cricket malarkey never, ever, ever stops. Don't take your eyes off the cricket. Watch the cricket. There is cricket every day. Um, no rest for the wicked, they say. And uh, the wickedest of them all is Paul Krishnamurti. Hello, Paul. Hello, Sam. How are you doing? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you, Paul. Uh, and Richard Life, the Richard Life of SportingMan.com. Richard Mann. Of sportinglife.com is has also been known to crack the whip. How are you, Richard? I'm good, Sam. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you very much, Richard. Man, right. Um, the guys are in great form for the denouement of the 20 World Cup. I missed that show, but I'm reliably informed they picked pretty much everything there was going. Um, winners for cricket only betters, followers, the cricket only better followers in the following unders on runs, unders on sixes, power play winner, Stokes and Curran on the tops, Ralph, top Pakistan bowler, less said about Richard Mann's pick for Stokes as man of the match, the better. We were robbed. Hawkins, what is on tonight's show? Yeah, Australia versus England begin a three-match ODI series in Adelaide from Thursday. It's the series that nobody wants, particularly Moeen Ali. Then, get this, on Friday, it's New Zealand versus India in a T20 series because we've just not had any of those for a while. Team news, pitch data, players to follow, strategies and best bets to come for those matches. Friday, more like fry. Yay. Um, the players may not be giving it their all, but I guarantee Richard and Paul have scoured the markets for these games and will give sensible advice in a world that is continually losing its head. So let's get on with the show. We are not going to start with an outright amazing. Let's instead have a recap of the T20 World Cup. England are the champions. May I remind you, best of a bad bunch, perhaps. Who cares? Uh, some deep flaws in the contenders, and maybe England just had a few less. What did we learn as betters? Let's go to the guys for a discussion. Edward Hawkins, please kick us off. Well, when are these teams going to learn that the importance of scoring quick, aggressive runs is what counts? In particular, India. Hugely interesting that they failed again in a T20 World Cup. The number of T20 World Cups they have won in the IPL era now stands at zero, which is absolutely bonkers. And they're playing the game completely the wrong way. I'll talk about some players in a minute who let uh, their teams down. They were expected to, to do big things. But chief among them, probably Rohit Sharma, who's now 
struggling to get his strike rate above 130 in the last, I think I sort of sat last five or six IPL seasons, he's not had a strike rate of more than 130. King Coley had a decent tournament, made it into the uh, tournament, the team of the tournament, of course he did, uh, but surely cost India in that semi-final against England with another go-slow anchor innings, and they can have all the players and all the money but an interesting one for the guys to discuss. Are they suffering because of isolationism? They're just not letting their players play anywhere else in the world. Um, and Paul Krishnamurti knows a th- few thing or two about uh, what happens to uh, states or countries who isolate themselves from uh, the great and the good, perhaps. Uh, Williamson, Bavuma, Kohli, Rohit, all big players expected to do big things. Anchors, what's the point of them? Interesting point. Edward Hawkins, Richard Mann, maybe you could pick that one up and run with it. When are teams and players going to learn that a batter striking at 120 in the top three isn't good enough? Is this a watershed moment? Yes, I, I think it is. I think England have shown the way not just once, but twice. Now, it was the same in the 50-over World Cup in 2019 when they battered Australia in that semi-final. And they've, they've battered the way to win another tournament here. Big thing that stood out for me was Pakistan ball brilliantly. Josh Butler playing miss, playing miss against Nassim Shah. And then he thought, to hell with this. And he scooped him over the keeper's head, didn't he? And that was just the difference between between him and, and Rowett and, and, and Curley. Um, and that actually made Stokes' job easier in the middle order because they were ahead of the rate and it never got out of hand when they started started losing wickets. I think it's the end for those guys, Williamson, Bavuma. Um, and it, India's a really interesting one because when Rohit took over, the whole idea was we're going to be more aggressive. And in the bilateral series, that's what they did. They came over to England in the summer and they were just all guns blazing. But when it got back to the World Cup, when it really counted, they didn't really have the nerve to, to try and pull it off. Something will have to change or, or they won't change. They'll, they'll keep losing out at big tournaments. Okay, Pukushnamati, what did um, what did you learn? I'd love to say something really profound, but I don't think it. I think you know, I think the guys have already covered it, and these are just ongoing lessons, aren't they? That we see in World Cups, domestic franchise tournaments, aggression wins. Right, you've got to be able to be bat aggressively the whole way through, and England won it that way. I don't. I mean, they. Are, I suppose they are all flawed, the contenders, but I think that's to an extent that's the nature of T Twenty cricket. Um, I'm not actually as down on the idea of playing an anchor. It's just about how well that anchor plays and whether they can, um, you know, up the run rate when it matters. Uh, I wouldn't be so down on Cody, but certainly those other players all um, all really struggled and you wouldn't have thought, you know, surely it's the end of T20 cricket for Kane Williamson. Can I just quickly add one more thing? I think if you're going to win a, a T20 tournament, We've once again been shown, never mind the batting, Rispin wins it. Look at the two sides that contested the final. Shadab and Adil Rashid for Pakistan and England. When Australia won in the UAE, Adam Zampa, another Rispinner. The sides that went with finger spinners, even in the UAE, but especially in Australia, they were just outgunned. You need Rispin. And I think looking at whatever tournaments we're going to be previewing coming up, T20, if you don't have a Rispinner, I don't think you're going to win very many. Okay, okay. Thank you very much, gents. Uh, I'm pretty sure early listeners of a nascent cricket only better may remember Edward Hawkins, a a young man as he was back then, called Edward Hawkins. Um, 
picking England as winners of this tournament in the aftermath of the last one. But um, given that he did so, citing the performance, likely performance of Bairstow and Archer, among others, as dominant forces in England's likely victory, we, we sh- maybe shouldn't go nuts about that. But, it, you know, ignoring all of that, I am going to read out prices for next year's ODI World Cup in India. Um, India are 3.7.5, so, sorry, 3.75 on the Betfair Exchange. England are 4.4. Australia are 5.3. Um, Paul, Richard, do you fancy looking in your crystal balls? Uh, look, after those stats, that amazing stat, it just gave us that in, India have never won a World Cup in the IPL era. I probably shouldn't say this, but I just, I'd look at that and say India all day long. I mean, have England got the bowling attack to, um, to win in India, I'm not convinced, nor Australia. And I know that they have disappointed in big tournaments, but just look at the the quality on, available for India. They can pick three sides, you know, that would be competitive and draw dependent, you'd have to say, I'd have to say them. Um, equally, add Pakistan, who showed once again that they absolutely are capable of winning a major tournament if it all comes together and they'll like the conditions too. Okay. Yeah, Richard, I I think South Africa have shown at this World Cup that they're clearly capable and they have wrist spinning Shamsi, they have finger spinning Maraj, they have Pace who do well in the IPL in Nokia and Rabada and they clearly have the batting. It's just how they can put that all together into a mix and, and come out and win a tournament. They obviously need a new captain. Um, one thing I would say, just and it's obviously we'll have to, we'll have to revisit this, you look at this tournament and the one in the UAE and the teams that won it were the ones that peaked. Australia were down and out in 2021 in UAE. New Zealand lost their first game as well to Pakistan in UAE. They contested the final. Australia won it. And it's same again here. You know, England were, were down and out when losing to Ireland. Pakistan were down and out all the way, weren't they? Got to the final. So peaking at the last stage is a crucial thing. And I think next time around... I'll be tempted to bet contrary in the group stages and try and get some value. Hope I can get on a massive price, someone to sneak through the groups. Um, and then you'd be sat on a big wager. It would have certainly paid off the last two years. So it's in Barbway, maybe, again. Yeah. That's what marks you out, Richard, man. Always thirsty for learning. Right, let's get on with the show. Two games to get through. Actually, quite a gentle return. Post-World Cup, mother cricket, considering our feelings, as always. Um, But now let's find some winners. Australia versus England, the first ODI from Adelaide, Thursday, 3.20am UK time, live on BT Sport. Uh, Betfair exchange prices 1.7, England 2.4. Edward Hawkins is kind enough to present to us the teams and the pitch data. Yes, I think we've got a good handle on on what the teams might be for this first one. Australia will start with Warner Head returning to his opening berth and then from uh, Mitchell Marsh at three, Smith four, Green, Stoinis, Carey. Those are all interchangeable from what I can make out of a recent form over the last couple of years. Uh, Then we've got Cummins. Stark or Abbott, expect Stark to come back, but he's been so consistent in ODI. Abbott did have a good uh, tryout last time he played against the Kiwis. Hazelwood and Zampa finishing it off. England, question is how motivated they are for this one, but Roy is back in the uh, 11, we'd have thought, with Salt. 
Vince at number three, Milan, Butler at number five, Moeen, Sam Curran, potentially, uh, if they don't want to rest him, Willie, Dawson, Wood and Stone. Rashid is available if they want to use him, uh, but probably deserves a bit of a rest. That's Luke Wood, by the way. Adelaide, last game in 2019 in ODI. Australia failed to defend 298 versus India. England have won 12 of the last 16 on the head-to-heads, but Australia won 2-1 in England two years ago. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Richard Mann, Moeen says this is a horrible series and they shouldn't be playing. Does does that ring alarm bells? And I don't want to judge Moeen for that, but does it ring alarm bells about a bet on England that they're saying such things or do you ignore them and concentrate on the head-to-head? The word that comes to mind is hangover and and, and Paul knows all about that after the weekend. He's just had, um, <laughs> by all accounts. Um, but but you, you think England would have celebrated hard, wouldn't you, on, on Sunday? Um, much of the same squad here. Then they've had to fly to Adelaide and prepare for this. I, I think there really is a possibility of a hangover, but I do think England are the better side. It wouldn't be surprised if they lost this one and still won the series 2-1, but I think they're vulnerable in this one. Okay. Um, Paul, surely England are incredible value, given Richard Mann says they're the better side. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Rich just called that completely correct. They probably are the better side, in which case they are the wrong price. The head-to-head would say that way. But at the same time, you know, the fact that we've just won the World Cup, the fact that players have probably been celebrating... Also, um, we're not really full strength for 50 overside here without Root and Bearstow um, or Topley. So I'm I would I'm not steam whilst I would not back Australia at four to six on the exchange at this stage, I don't particularly think this is a game to play before the match starts. So I want to see conditions, who wins the toss, etc. Okay. Um what else is happening in this game, Richard Mann? It's just a, a, another, probably going to be another test of England's depth. You know, Malan, uh, well, Milan, yeah, he's not a regular in the 50 over. Vince certainly isn't, you know, rise potentially at last chance saloon. Um, and then with the ball in Luke Woods, a terrific prospect, by the way. Um, and Australia looked closer to full strength. So I think we've just talked at the top of the show about India next year and looking towards that 50 over World Cup. If England can put up a good show here with, with what is almost a second string side, um, then I think that really bodes well going forward, even for India, where the conditions will obviously be different. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, Adelaide runs for you. Yeah, I, th- I think certainly if Australia back first, I would be up for back in 300 plus. I think it's just a good charting, as well as won't really come in at their best. And Adelaide is a good place to run. I mean, 350 is possible on a really good pitch. Um, Usual thing applies, though, really. I think you've got to watch the first two or three overs and you just got to see if the ball's coming on, see what the wicketkeeper's doing. If the wicketkeeper starts coming up to stumps, then don't go for the big scores. But generally, Adelaide's a pretty good ground for runs and both of these sides back down to at least nine, so the conditions are there. Okay, thank you. Um, gents, something in in play, a trade, technical angle, something that just takes your fancy. Uh, Richard Mann, you first, please. I'd like to see the line for Australia's say, first 15 overs. I think that's a super aggressive top three. When Travis had opened in Pakistan earlier in the year, he was really aggressive up top. Uh, and then just a technical angle, I just thought matchups wise, I thought this was, there's no prices yet, but if we could get some performance points on Moeen Ali, I think he's interesting 
Australia opening with two left-handers. Adelaide can sometimes take spin. Mitchell Marsh isn't a natural against spin. You've got Carey in there, another left-hander. I thought Moeen potentially would do more bowling here than he did did in the World Cup, for instance. And obviously, he's penciled to bat at number six as well. So he'd be one I'm interested in. Six things from Man of the Match as well. Okay, uh, Paul Krishnamati. Well, um, on the totals, on the sixes line, here's an interesting angle. Um, they're evens the pair to score the most sixes in the match. This year, the record's really incomparable. Australia have played 14 ODIs and got 65 um, sixes, so fewer than five per match. England have got 60 from eight matches, so seven and a half a match. So, you know, I think everything we know about England says they're probably a team to back for most sixes every time they play. Okay. Thank you very much uh, to Hawkins for the tops value. Uh, has his database kept up with the format change? You bet it has. You bet. Been beavering away on it and we've come up with the win rates for you on this one. Not a great study period, it has to be said, over the last two years because uh, they've been concentrating on T20. But look, Warner is 7-2, to two, boosted with Betfair Sportsbook. He has four wins in his last 12. Steve Smith, also 7-2, four wins in his last 11. Nice price for you, Kerry. Three wins in his last 20. Uh, and he's 10 to 1. With the ball, Zampa returns five times in the last 15. He's 7 to 2. Stark is your 3 to 1 favourite with five returns in 11. England, not so much fun here, I'm afraid, because they've used about 28 players in 15 games or so in the last two years. Butler does have three wins in his last 11. However, the 7 to 2 favourite for him with Betfair Sportsbook is a dreadful prize. He's batting at five. He's not opening the batting. Milan Salt Roy, also 7 to 2, suggests. Uh, some confusion about the batting order. Rashid is four to one. Is probably overpriced on absolute ability, but we're not sure he's going to be playing. Done for you. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Hawkins. Um, players to follow and any other business, please, Richard Mann. I've mentioned Moeen for man of the match sixteens. I think I'd prefer the player performance point. So if we could get it. Um, Ed's dead right. Josh Butler he's priced up as if it's a T twenty and he's going to be opening. He, he won't be opening. He plays as a finisher in the fifty overs. Uh, and then the other one for Australia, Travis said he's going to now open now. Aaron Finch has retired. He did a brilliant job in Pakistan when given that role. Three matches, I think a ton and a, and a half century. Um, and this is his home ground as well. Adelaide, he made 50-odd against New, New South Wales a week or so ago in his last knock. Thought he was solid at 7-2 to two top Australia bat. And if we think England are going to be hung over... A top match batsman, it's not priced up yet, but it might be close to double figures. I think I've split stakes on that. Okay, and over to our reliable finisher, Paul Krishnamurti. Yeah, well, build on what Rich said. I, I like 12 to 1 about Travis Head, man of the match. I thought that might be a bet. And only one on the England side that really caught the eye at all was Adil Rashid at fours. Um, I think, as Rich said before, it often gets spin at um, Adelaide. And I think that would probably pay in the long run, wouldn't it? Four to one. Thank you very much, Paul Krishnamurti. Betting.betfair has these games covered too, of course, and there's bet offers available for the Football World Cup. So check those out. Terms and conditions apply over 18s only. And please do visit begamblerware.org. Right now, anybody fancy a T20? That's right. It's New Zealand versus India, the final of the World Cup. That wasn't. The venue is Sky Stadium, Wellington, uh, 6 a.m. 
UK time on Friday, live on BT Sport. Betfair exchange prices, New Zealand 1.94, India 2.04. Hawkins, you have a lowdown. Well, I do, but I don't really know what's going on because New Zealand have not named their squad. They may well have done so by the time you listen to this. So apologies if it's completely wrong, but we're basically expecting a load of Kiwi players to be rested. We're hoping Kane Williamson has retired as well, but they might line up something like this. Fabian Allen, Finn Allen opening the batting with either Conway or bringing Dylan Cleaver back into the team. Expecting Phillips to be promoted up to number three. Mitchell, Chapman, Nishan, Nishan rather. Santner may well be skippering this team or Bracewell may, may be playing. Sodi Milne, Tickner, Sears. Uh, we're not expecting uh, Bolt or Southie to be playing and Lockie Ferguson to be rested as well. India, they have named their squad and there is no Rohit, there's no Rahul and there's no... Coley, but we don't expect that means it's the end of their T20 careers because they've always been resting them throughout anyway. So, uh, Gil, Kishan opening the batting. Pant perhaps at number three. Yadav at number four. Or potentially sh- he should be batting at number three. And is a very early indication as to whether India have learned any lessons from the T20, whether they continue with him at number three. At uh, number four, apologies. Hardik, Samson, Huda, Sunder, Harshal, Arshdeep, who was a Big performer in the World Cup, and we learned something with him and Umran Malik. The Sky Stadium, this is formerly known as the Westpac. So just six um, of the last nine, 160 or more, that sequence back to 2016, unfortunately, which is probably too long uh, to really rely upon that. The weather isn't good. India have won four, lost four, tied two uh, in New Zealand in T20. Okay, I think I've been doing this long enough now, Paul Krishnamurti, to um, come to the conclusion that this game is a punter's nightmare. What do you do? I don't know if it is, actually. I mean, um, India have won eight of their last nine T20s against New Zealand. Um, they, it, New Zealand are nowhere near full strength there without Bolt and Southie. And as much as I'm a great admirer of New Zealand, they don't have that much strength in depth. So I just can't really see how New Zealand start favourites for this. I mean, the only worry for me would be the weather, that the toss could end up critical, it could end up shortened. But I'm inclined to think that even money India is a really good bet. Okay, putting me in my place. Uh, Richard Mann, give us some wisdom here, some betting strategies when, when so much is in the air, maybe. Yeah, well, we're looking at the forecast and looking at the teams, and, and both teams' bowling attacks stack up okay, actually. You'd think batting would be hard, particularly at the top of the order. And I, I think there's a case for betting the middle orders, particularly if you think you're going to get sort of 10, 15, 20 overs, depending on how bad the weather is. Um, and, and I'd kind of want the sort of the better players with the better techniques here. I think Daryl Mitchell, um, you know, at number five, we've seen what a good test player he is, Deepak Huda. Uh, Shubman Gill, those sorts of guys. I think if it's tricky batting conditions, I think I'd want to be with those and a few of them in the middle order are going to be double figures. Okay, thank you very much. Um, do you fall back on weather conditions and Indian susceptibility to the moving ball here, Paul Krishnamurti, for a really uh, low total? Yeah, well, I think if, you know, it's another situation as with the other game, you've got to really hold fire until you see what the conditions are. But certainly, if it's overcast and India are batting first, uh, I would be prepared to go under 140, under you Actually, this ground is interesting because you've had both high scores and low scores, but you have seen teams bowled out for low totals before. So I think it is indeed all about the weather conditions. I wouldn't bank on New Zealand um, 
really surviving brilliantly in those conditions either. To be honest, India's bowling attack looks fine to me. Okay. Um, any technical spots perhaps from you, Richard Mann, or anything to keep an eye on for the rest of the series? Well, it just follows on what Paul said. I completely agree. I think it's a pretty good Indian attack. We saw Ashley really swing the ball about in Australia, and I guess we just we're hoping it'll be the same here. He could be a real handful, partial as well. So I'd be low on runs. I think both top orders are vulnerable. Um, and again, I'm just going to say the same thing, Anna. But the guys with good, good, solid techniques might be the way to go here. I can't see people like uh, Kishan and Alan surviving. I'd want to be with Gill and Mitchell and. Maybe even Santner lower down the order. Hawkins, you have tops. Yeah, yeah, this is easy. Uh, Phillips and Yadav on win rates will probably get 7-2 with Betfair Sportsbook uh, for both of them. We're also liking Mitchell. Got eights about him winning in the semi-final, which he did, and we pointed you in that direction. Arshdeep, expecting him to be 3-1 to one favourite with Betfair Sportsbook. That's absolutely fine. You can take that on how often he returns. Uh, yeah, and those are the guys to follow. Okay, thank you very much. Um, guys, any views on players, Richard Mann? Sort of game where Finn Allen goes big, maybe. Mitchell Santner shines in a captaincy role. I know you're a big fan of his. You mentioned two guys I wanted to talk about. Finn Allen, Paul flagged it up, didn't he, last week. His, his record against the stronger nations, really poor. Um, and I think Ashley will swing it back into him like Shaheen Afridi did. And I'll probably pin in at LBW. You asked me for a technical spot. I should have given you that one. Um, so Finn Allen, to go, Finn Allen to go LBW to Ashley will be the first one. Um, and I think Santa's interesting down the order if it's a weakened team. He's a really handy batsman, you know, and... You might, you might get 20, 25s to one. He could be the Dutch with Daryl Mitchell uh, in the top batsman market for New Zealand. Okay, thank you very much. I'll finish this one, please, Paul Krishnamurti. It's easy, really. I've just got to repeat what the guy said. Uh, we know Arshdeep is a rock-solid bet around three to one. That pays. Mitchell certainly eight to one plus, especially if we've got overcast conditions and top order might be vulnerable. And I'm just interested to see what price they put Yadav in at without Coley in there, because I'd have him like 11 or 4 favourite personally. But I think we'll get 7 to 2, and sometimes we get 9 or 2 on him. Okay, thank you very much. Best bet still to come. The guys may find out a challenge to spend their five units this week, but fear not, because here is the klaxon. And over. Edward Hawkins. Yeah, it's a double klaxon this week uh, rather than a treble klaxon because obviously we've got two games to to go on. If we had a treble, we might be worried about related bets. So uh, very, very straightforward. 72 Warner, top Australia bet and 72 Sky, top India bet. Tenor returns 202 quid. Keep an eye out on Betfair Sportsbook. We're going to try and sort out these prices actually getting uh, put up as cricket-only special, better specials on the site. Uh, we haven't sorted it yet. We might not sort it in time, but uh, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, let's hear those best bets. Right. Best bets time. We have some scores, we have some doors, and we have Edward Hawkins. Five units to spend for Paul Krishnamurti and Richard Mann. Can't quite remember whose turn it is to go first so they can fight it among themselves, please. I think it's Rich. Right, OK. I'll, I'll kick off. Uh, one point to head top Australia batsman in the first ODI v England. Right, I'll have a two-point double. England has scored the most sixes at evens against Australia and India to beat New Zealand. 
And, and I'll have another unit. Tavi said top match batsman versus England in the first ODA. Hey, I'll have 1.5 points. Arshdeep Singh, top India bowler. And in the New Zealand v India T20, I'm going to have a point on Deepak Huda, top India batsman. I'll have um, a point on Daryl Mitchell, top New Zealand batsman. And I'm going to have in the same game, I'm going to have a point on Mitchell Santner, top New Zealand batsman. Okay, my final half a point, Travis Head, man of the match at 12 to 1. And that leaves me with a point. Yeah, and I'm going to have my final unit. I'm just going to go under on Finn Allen's runs line. I'll, I'll check before the kickoff, but I suspect it'll be about 21.5. So a unit under on Finn Allen's runs. Thank you very much. Best bets all done for you. That's Cricket Only Better episode 168 done. 169 comes up next week from Tuesday. So don't miss that one. And we'll see you then.